0: Thank you for tuning in to Moment by Moment, an Oak Hills Church podcast talking through what is relevant in today's world with a biblical view.
1: Welcome to our moment by moment podcast we are back and we are in season three I just want to say thank you everybody for joining us thank you for tuning in every single Monday wherever you find your podcast and if you didn't know now you know we are actually on YouTube so if you've always just listened on on Apple or on Spotify or on Google or on Amazon wherever you find your podcast you can also check out our visuals over at our YouTube channel if you just type in Oak Hills Church and you just look up moment by moment we are right there we're so thankful for everybody that is dropping comments people that have been sharing our posts and our ads Huge thank you to all of you. My name is J.D. Mason. I'm the creative pastor here at Oak Hills Church. I'm joined by Travis Eads, our senior pastor. How Hello, you doing, JD. Travis?
2: I'm doing well. You feeling I'm good? I am feeling good. I like that hat. Thank you, sir. We just
1: dropped some of our new merch. You can yeah, see uh, Travis and I are wearing some new gear. 1958, uh, go. Come on. Baby. That's when we, our church was founded.
2: Church, that's right. That's good. Since 1958.
1: Yeah, so we can actually find that on our website. We yep. have a new merch store. Uh, we are joined by none the other. Cassidy, how are you feeling today?
0: I'm good. Thank you, JD, for having me. I'm really, really excited to be doing this.
1: Cassidy, how do you say your last name for everyone?
0: It's Talapka. That's
1: why I didn't say, That's okay. you didn't <laughs> say it. <laughs> That's why it. was a little odd, right? Cassidy, <laughs> Talapka. Yes. Talopka. Okay, I was going to say tilapia, so I'm yeah, so glad it, it I is, didn't say it. It's kind of like a fish, yes. <laughs> okay, so Cassidy, tell us, um, you are licensed. Uh, tell us your official title, because I don't want to mess that up either.
0: Okay, so I am a licensed professional counselor. Awesome. Um, yeah, I got my master's at uh, East Texas Baptist University. I also was, um, I got my undergrad there too. So, yep. bachelor's and master's in oh. um, psychology. That's awesome. And That's counseling. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, hey, we are not licensed counselors. No, we um, are not. So that's why we are so glad that you have joined the show mm-hmm. today. Um, we're gonna be discussing teen struggles. Yes. All right, this is a vast topic. Mm-hmm. All right, there's a lot of ways we can take this. For sure. Um, you know, but y- having your expert opinion here is gonna be invaluable for me and Travis because um, you're gonna be able to speak to things that you've had, uh, that you've seen in, mm-hmm. in, in a broader spectrum of teens and things that um, mm. me and Travis just don't have. Yeah. Um, but a lot of us have struggled in our teen years. You know, and Travis, I think uh, you and I were just talking and and man, I'd love if you could just share share a story, just go ahead and kick us off with, I mean, what are we even talking about? What age groups, I mean, for yourself even, when did you, did you experience any struggles as a teen? I mean, were you-
2: I you did, know? I did. Well, for, for me, uh, probably those hardest years, and I think they're hard years for a lot of people, is those middle school years. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of feel in between everything. So what we were talking about, the story I'll share, was uh, a time I was at a, a high school football game. So I'm still in middle school, I'm not yet playing high school football. So. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're standing out at a concession stand. I've got a buddy beside me and there's just like this group of guys from the other school, the rival school, Got it. you know, and they're like accusing him of some stuff he didn't do. And I I like step right in the middle of it. I'm like, Hey guys, he was with me. All the stuff you're saying is not true. Like I'm thinking, Hey, I've got this under control. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden the, the attention turns to me. So long story short, at the end of this football game, uh, I'm walking out by myself. And I've already been kind of hearing the rumblings of, hey, we're going to be waiting on you outside the." So I walk oh, out man. the gate and there's like 12 guys. I don't know. It might have been 50. No, I'm just kidding. It was probably, <laughs> but it literally was about 12 guys right, that were right. waiting. They were like, you know, hey, wow. we're going to rumble. So I, I try to like walk a different way, like to avoid them. And they like get in my path. And I remember one of them saying, hey, did you? Do you think you're going to get away from us? And so I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to rumble right here. And, you know, it was just a picture of that. That's one of those memories that I'll never forget. But what I think about is just that feeling of, powerlessness uh, I I knew that you know something was up but I didn't want to tell my parents about that I did, I was kind of embarrassed about that so I wanted to take care of it on my own obviously I couldn't uh, but the way that story actually ended up okay I didn't get beat up that night okay. uh, because there were some parents around that that intervened and saw what was what was happening so I think about that story and I think about how thankful I am that even though that happened in a, a very physical way that uh, there were people who could see it. And now I think about kids today and the threats are different. Mm-hmm. They're not always the ones that are so obvious to right. everybody else. They're not the threats that you they're They can be hidden. Mm-hmm. And but the same dynamic plays out, right? Like we don't want to necessarily we're, we're kind of ashamed of the fact that that are struggling with something and that we're feeling powerless or yeah. and so we kind of hide that and and it plays out but in a very different way.
1: Yeah. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I mean Cassidy, can you share with us like what are the top struggles that you've seen teens struggle with in your experience?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I hear a lot of the bullying and that just judgment, criticism just mm. really takes a toll. Oh, yeah. But also, of course, anxiety, depression, wow. self-harm, um I mean, you've got your ADHD, you know, just learning disabilities kind of thing. But um, definitely um, anxiety and depression are at an all time high.
1: Wow. What are some of those percentages for some of those that you mentioned?
0: Um, So I know that one in five, at least this is what I've read on the CDC, you know, um, struggle with anxiety. And I think that we can all relate to some degree, especially after the pandemic, right? Just the generalized anxiety that's definitely increased, but also with depression. Um, I mean, there's there's like 14 percent at least of kids that, you know, have a confirmed major depressive disorder. So.
1: Wow. And so in your counseling, what Mm -hmm. is what is the main thing that you're counseling these teenagers through these days? What is it
0: lately? It's a lot of self-esteem issues, body image, eating disorder, um, just that self worth, you know, just how do we increase that overall um or just help strengthen that inner self that we know that we have in us but with beaten down with you know bullies or just that constant um i know we'll get into social media in a little bit but just that comparison you know from of other people i think is is huge and we just take that to heart and it really just beats us down
1: yeah, social media's definitely put a highlight on there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, so when you consider your profession, mm-hmm. was like, can you walk us through what led you to, to the profession that you do now as a licensed therapist?
0: Yeah, so I, uh, in college, I did um, high school as well. I, I, I know what depression is mm-hmm. like, and it looks different for everyone, but it's so, so common. Wow. I think we all at least, I think by 25, I read, um, you know, that we experience at least a situational Type of depression. Mm -hmm. You can also be born with it, um, or you know it is genetic. But in um, college, I really just um, I kind of hit an all-time low with my uh, experience as um, a cheerleader. I got a concussion, and I kind of was pulled out from the one thing that I felt like I was good Mm -hmm. at. Yeah, and um, that led to failing classes Mm because I was originally an education major. So um, I really just had to take a step back, take a few weeks off going into my um i think it was around that winter break anyway so going into the spring semester i decided to just have a clean slate and um, truly prayed about it but um i i had never felt so low in my life honestly so um just Mm. being able to come into like a fresh start and um, really just hone in on the psychology um, classes that I was taking, and all the professors were really supportive and awesome. happy to have me. So ever since then, all the doors just really opened into um, you know, that counseling yeah. realm because I was able to uh, stay for my master's there. And I already knew my professors, so it was really helpful uh, to just feel at home there um, in, at college, so uh, just being able to kind of like um, know that this is what I want to do. And my grandmother actually has uh, dementia, uh, possibly okay. schizophrenia. We're still trying to figure it out. But yeah. she has always been supportive. She's been that one person who, um, you know, will say she'll give me all the counseling books, all the resources. Mm-hmm. And she's really helpful at um, just. I guess she's very proud of me and excited yeah. for yeah. me. And um, she's in a memory care unit right now. But, um, you know, her just we, she helped raise me so we're really really close and that really kind of solidified that purpose for me too.
1: That's good yeah it's it's always interesting to hear people's origin stories yeah. and you know and, and the why you yes. know and so I mean take us back a little bit let's rewind right so mm-hmm. we're talking teen struggles right when you consider your teenage years mm-hmm. um, was there anything that you I mean because we're gonna you know just discussing depression anxiety the judgment yeah. the cutting self-harm eating mm-hmm. disorders all those things I mean Are those new struggles? Have you yourself experienced any of these struggles? Um, Are they worse now from when you were a teen? Tell us about your teenage years. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that self-esteem really, um, just hearing that word really kind of like strikes a chord with me because that's something that um, middle school is when I started. I mean, we all start to kind of like realize that image is important and yeah. we start to notice the opposite sex and you know start just taking
1: showers more for me yeah, <laughs> yeah no, <we> get it. <laughs> i started well, caring that, about JD. my yeah, hair and what deodorant.
0: i wore and it was just um you're just becoming more aware you're maturing and uh, but you're also very awkward you yeah. know like our teenage years are so we're just confused everything is changing physically mentally you know emotionally just all of it so um personally I know that um you know I was bullied to an extent you know I was told oh she'd be pretty if it weren't for her nose you Mm -hmm. know and that to this day sticks with me I I don't leave my house sometimes without making sure my profile view looks okay you know and that's just Horrible. Mm, (laughs) You know, it's just that shouldn't I mean, I know that we all to some degree kind of face that self esteem or that um self worth, just not feeling good enough or not feeling valuable. But I know that it was hard then, but I can't imagine what teens are going through now. Yeah. With that social media and just the again like that peer socialization.
1: Yeah. And so really what you touched on is that there's nothing new. You know. Yeah. We know there's nothing new under the sun, right? But Mm -hmm. even when it comes to the the bullying. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like what, what has happened before. It's just taking different forms. Now mm-hmm. there's cyberbullying yeah. now versus there For wasn't sure. cyberbullying before, mm-hmm. but the, the core is still bullying because people are dealing with insecurities. And mm-hmm. a lot of times they're doing what their parents are kind of doing. Right. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, Travis, talk to us about what, I mean, you shared, you kind of offline, you told me about this image. Can you talk about that where the parents are kind of s- speaking through the kids and you, you kind of shared that with us earlier?
2: Well, You know, it's the old saying, uh, the apple doesn't fall far. And that's what I've experienced. I think, you know, we've we've talked before about how so many things are caught, not taught. So we would tell our kids that they should treat others with dignity. We should, we we would tell our kids that they should, you know, be kind, but they are going to follow what they see us do. Mm -hmm. So that moment where your child has an interaction with somebody and, you know, whether they are on the side of the bullying or the being bullied, Mm. the way that we interact with our child in those moments are powerful because they are going to... So let's just say, for example, they're on the other side of it. They thought something was funny, and maybe just through their talking with us, we realize, oh, that wasn't funny to somebody else. Mm. The way that we respond to our children, tell them either, well, that's okay, that's funny, that's acceptable. I remember back when I was in school, I did something like... or. That's that moment where we go, come on, that that's not that's not cool, that's Mm -hmm. not funny, and and those moments are just super important for our children in their growth and their development. Mm -hmm. And this idea that they're just going to do what we say, (laughs) is not the case. They are going to do as we do.
1: I mean, we did that right with our parents. We didn't just here they said don't do that, but when we see them doing something, you know, a lot of times we we emulate our parents. Um, I mean, when I consider my teen years. I mean, I struggle with depression. Um, So it was different. I mean, you know, depression is it it has different levels to it, Mm kind of like you discussed earlier. So um, I didn't have the level of depression where I couldn't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. I have friends who have struggled with depression to that level. My depression was more about my my self-worth, kind of like yours. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, I grew up short, still short now. (laughs) Right. So that was something that, you know, kids middle school, they're gonna terrorize you, mm. you know? And so you had to you had to create a thick skin and you had to, and so my thing was, I'm gonna double down on, uh, you know, my personality is very out there. And so like, I, I went from like, I'm not gonna get bullied. In fact, I'm gonna tell everybody how I feel all the time. <laughs> and so I started acting out and in all those things because I just wanted to protect myself, but I did it to an extreme degree. Mm-hmm. And that led to other just issues and, Unhealthy habits in my life, and um, you know, and you know, when we think about even the the alcohol and the drugs at a young age, I mean, I started drinking at a very young age. Um, we used to put uh, alcohol in water bottles in class and just pass it around. And and when I think about the the effect that that can have on you as you get older it's, it can be very dangerous it can mm-hmm. be it can be very um harmful to you and as a kid you're not going to go and tell your parents these things mm-hmm. you know you're not going to be like hey mom listen i'm i'm showing anxiety and depression and mm-hmm. i'm masking it by drinking or smoking and i just want to let you know that have a good day you know like that's not yeah. how these conversations go and so when we think about teen struggles the struggles because they're battling through it and a lot of times they don't have the playbook mm-hmm. you know parents don't have the playbook and so As a as a therapist, I mean, when you're talking to teenagers, what are some things that uh, that you, you know, that you could say that would help them if they're maybe a parent's listening or maybe teenagers listening? What would you say to somebody who's struggling with depression, anxiety, judgment, maybe drugs or alcohol, maybe isolation, maybe eating disorders? Mm -hmm. Can you just give us some tips? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, those are all unhealthy ways to cope. The. Um, alcohol, the drugs, the vaping, I know is super common right now. THC is highly addictive, um, super hard to quit, but, um, I mean, just alternate ways to, you know, live a better life, you know, to cope in healthier ways. So going on walks, finding a hobby, um, pets are super helpful Mm -hmm. journaling. I really recommend the journaling. Um, so you can just kind of like get your thoughts out I think that sometimes when we're just so much in our head you know it really affects obviously our feelings which in turn affects our behavior how we react and it's usually in a negative way when we're in a negative headspace so really just flipping those thoughts that's really what I do in therapy a lot is just Mm. replacing that negative thought and belief with a positive belief and truth you know being able to just help them see that there's another way you know yeah. to think so um in turn that you know leads to a more positive feeling yeah. so then you're more likely to go on your walks or you know pursue your hobbies or hang out with friends and not turn to those unhealthier ways to cope
1: i love that you know and when i think about one of my outlets it was it was sports yeah i was a wrestler and like i poured my time and energy into that mm-hmm. and um that helped me release a lot of the, the anxieties that i had a lot of the anger that i had had a lot of built up and mm-hmm. um and i think for uh you know i wasn't going to necessarily journal right so yeah. but I might, me and my friend started making music. So that was our form. We Absolutely. were writing raps and things. I mean, that mm-hmm. is a form of poetry in a sense. And so there's, it's it's so neat that you can just see how uh, when people, where they are now is because of their origin story and and, and what their struggles with mm-hmm. is, you know, it's, it's where they overcame things. And so when I see a licensed therapist, man, I I, I can appreciate the empathy that you can feel Mm. for those teens because you yourself have been through it and you understand it and um, I think it's important for that and so man, when you think about rewiring the way you think Mm -hmm. what are some ways that you can kind of take some of those thoughts that you have about yourself I'm not good enough Mm -hmm. how do you take those thoughts and rewire them for good
0: it's hard it's really hard to go with your Uh, over time, I'm a failure, or I need to be perfect, or it has to be this way, kind of taking those supposed tos, those shoulds, those ought tos out of your vocabulary, and just really giving yourself that grace. I know that that sometimes is a little, uh, because we are Christians, so our grace comes from God, but we give grace to others, too, so I think, you know, sometimes we, like, sacrifice ourselves over and over, so we have to remember that, um, we have to be kind to ourselves, you know. I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but being able to just—it's—it's um, it's just hard to rework that for, with someone who does struggle with "I'm not good enough" or, um, you know, like whatever. <laughs> I forgot yeah. how you said it, but just um, over time, it's just kind of replacing that with truth, and they have to believe it for themselves, you know. Well, you can't make someone just say, "Oh, well, believe this instead or think mm-hmm. this instead." It really comes from within and it comes from that self-worth. So um, it's unfortunately we can't just like push a button and then they're healed. It's only, right? Mm. I mean, Travis,
1: talk to us about what you've seen when you've, I mean, you have teenagers, you know, you have had teenagers and I mean, so talk to us about like some of the struggles that maybe you could see that you struggle with, um, that can, that are now, you know, things that you're helping manage in your teens' lives. Mm. And how can you as a parent be aware?
2: Well, that's key being aware and knowing that it's not always going to be the obvious things that just jump out at you. So you you really do have to fight for relationship. You have mm-hmm. to fight to be in tune with your student. You have to be uh, willing to, to ask questions. I mean, there, there are key times. They walk in the house. Those That's a key time to just say, hey, how's your day? And a lot of times you will get the one-word answer. We've got three boys and one girl, so i got yeah. three boys that are going to give me the one-word answer and the girl who's going to give me the 30-minute answer, which I love it. So you've got to, you know, each uh, child is, is very unique, very different. You know the things, you kind of start picking up on the things that they'll share and the things that they don't. And there are times to go, okay, I'm just gonna back off here just a little bit, but uh, I would say before, before bedtime as well, meal time, that's an awesome time to, to get around the table. So I'll, I wanna encourage families to do that mm-hmm. because what happens there, and this is something I've noticed in our family, um, It's one thing to talk to dad or or mom about something, but when the siblings start helping one another, because they are very unique, they have unique struggles, they have different things that hit them in different ways. When you start watching a sibling start helping the other, man, that is, that is, so what we're doing as parents is we're just trying to foster the environment uh, that can allow for that. I would say another one of those key moments is they're headed out the door, right? Like one of my questions is, how can I pray for you today? so that question usually brings if there's a test or if there's stress because of that test or whatever it is that'll usually come out yeah i've got a biology test today would you pray for that Mm -hmm. and so now you're starting to get in tune with what are they feeling on the inside Mm -hmm. uh as opposed to saying um could you tell me what you're feeling on the inside that that normally doesn't you know work out so that's one of the things is just being staying aware Mm -hmm. being in tune and just constantly um i think i think another part of that role is that rewiring we just talked about rewiring the mind yeah. it's not you're, you're turning the 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 i am into the i am becoming uh-huh. right like you always want to be painting a picture of the future and that's a positive picture that you can move into regardless of, of where you are And a a lot of that, that self, especially that negative self-talk, it's just, I am, Mm. I am a procrastinator. No, I am becoming Mm. disciplined. I, you know, and so turning that a lot of times is you you start to see that.
0: Cassidy,
1: talk to us about social media. Does it play a positive role overall, (laughs) do you think, in teens or does it play more of a negative role in teens?
0: Yeah, I think at first we think it's going to be this awesome thing. Right. Like we're going to get online to uh, connect with people and see what they're up to and um, just feel that bonding. Yeah. But really, over time or overall, like you said, it's super harmful. Mm. I mean, it actually does the opposite. And we're super we're isolating or they're isolating themselves and they're becoming, you know, because they're comparing themselves to their friends. I mean, they become envious. They um, kind of think, well, their life is better. My my life sucks, right? Like, oh, they're out they're going on vacation or I didn't get invited to this party. So it's really just super um, it's negative, you know, it's harmful. Yeah,
2: I think that's something a lot of adults uh, struggle with as well. Yes, it's not just teens.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. even just the thought of like, my everyday has to look a certain type of way mm-hmm. because of what I'm seeing. And then you start, I mean, I've heard of uh, somebody posting vacation photos from a year ago. And they're posting them as if it's current. Oh. To let everyone know their life is this good. And it's so sad when you yeah. think about mm. the extremes that people will go to impress people that don't care about them, not in a good or a bad way. They just, they you know, they feel like they have to sh- to impress this the world, these people. Mm-hmm. And those people will not affect their lives in a in a in a good way a lot of times, and so it's it's so sad when I think about that the teens struggle with social media way more mm-hmm. than I think when when we were teens. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, you had mentioned Yahoo Messenger and mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, MySpace. I mean that was uh, that was we were entering into it, but yes. back then it was all about just being able to talk. I think yes. we're like this is so new technology. I, what are you doing? I mean, you right. know, just to be able to talk on online, you know, yes. and it is, man, it has changed drastically mm-hmm. from, from the beginnings, you know? Yeah,
0: you're, you're seeing now kids or teens, you know, huddled around the room, but they're all on their phones. Yeah. You know, like wow. talking to their friends or they're on different social media platforms, I guess.
2: You think about the, uh, my, I have a senior in high school this year. The seniors that are gonna be graduating this year, the, the iPhone came out the year before they were born.
1: Wow,
0: that's yeah, crazy that to think reaction. about. Yeah. That's wow. crazy like you a world yeah.
2: you, they don't even know a world that doesn't include you know this this computer in mm-hmm. your pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's changed things,
1: man. And I mean, and now it's because now I'm thinking about how like what's gonna when I have a teenager what, what are, what's new like what am i gonna have to like ha- help them navigate <laughs> it's it new, is so new. scary yeah when you think about it i mean you had some statistics earlier when i just think about those statistics i'm like where are they gonna go are they gonna just go up in the depression category and the anxiety category because that, the comparison i mean it gets adults and mm-hmm. it gets teens Make, make no mistake if you're listening and you know, you're yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an older person and man, this doesn't affect me. It does. It really does. Because comparison can affect anybody. Mm-hmm. It'll just manifest in a different way. Mm-hmm. But share with us when you when you think about um, pa- things that parents can do mm-hmm. to help guide their kids. Um, what are some practicals that you've even because I'm sure you've had conversations with parents mm-hmm. as well. What are some of the things you're telling them?
0: Yeah, well, first, I want to say I love how y'all both um kind of talked about your own personal journeys how it was really hard to admit to your parents that you were struggling yeah. with this and we know that that's so true because um, i think that comes with the shame and even pride yeah. of that oh yeah i need help but just for them to listen validate empathize and really just sit with them you know meal times or just you know being able to to just have that undivided attention oh, yeah. and um not just Uh, discount their feelings or say you'll get over it that was my mom did that a lot um, with fears or worry you know she's she's a very just get over it mentality you know suck it up like I think that we (laughs) (laughs) we kind of grew up in that generation so um, just to have just to be more sensitive to those needs and like mom dad I'm really struggling with this or you know because that would be great if they did have that openness so if at least one parent was in the know about that um, and just to really sit down and say, is everything okay, you know, to just take that time because it might take some time to open up. But validate, 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 that's what that's I would good. say.
1: That's good. Yeah. yeah, and you know, there is a moment about my junior year in high school where my mom, I don't know what happened, but she was just like, listen, I know you feel like you would get in trouble if you tell me certain things mm-hmm. that you're getting into, but she could see that I was hurting. Yeah. And it was just a point where she was like, you have a pass. And I was just—I thought it was a trick. <laughs> I thought she was trying to set me up, <laughs> and like my dad was waiting with a belt around the corner or something. And, like, but like I started opening up about like the drinking and the, and the smoking and and all the things, and um, she just listened to me. And like the ball never dropped. Like I was—I was like waiting for like something to happen. And so what that showed me was that, um, it really just showed me a grace that I hadn't felt mm-hmm. from my parents for something that I know was something that they would just get fired up about. You know what I'm saying? And and and. and I couldn't even fault them for getting fired up about it you know I mean but there was such grace there and I would suggest to any parent have have a conversation that can be real that your kids feel comfortable just just telling you because a lot of times they're so afraid of the reaction that they're never gonna open up and if my mom never did that it may have been worse for me because I may have leaned into it but now that she's listening and she's not like you know giving me the third degree about it she was like okay And you know what you need to do. And like I'm over here like and I know I need to stop doing this. And so it was almost like I was already self-teaching myself because I know the the severity of it. And so that was one of the huge Mm. turnaround points in my life as well.
0: I love that. It reminds me, too, I give this example when um, when kids have maybe these unpredictable, unpredictable parents, like they might get mad you know this time but last time they were fine so um using the example of when you're a kid and there's like cookies on the table or something and you take one before dinner and you get scolded and you're just in so much trouble for having a cookie before dinner but you know, the next time you do it, or maybe the time before, it was totally fine. You know, mom or dad was like, yeah, you can have a cookie, no problem. But then this next time when you get in trouble, you're just so confused. Like, Mm. am I allowed to do this or am I not? So it kind of creates that, you know, fear of, well, mom's gonna freak out or I'm gonna get in trouble for having feelings or having, you know, wanting to do something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. from a parent standpoint, I mean, it's 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 new waters that they have to navigate because mm-hmm. they're living in a technology that they didn't grow up with as a teenager. They're growing up with some new things, like cyberbullying is a whole new thing because you can hide it and never tell your parents oh, yeah. and they'll never know. You
0: mm-hmm. know,
1: I mean, it's one of those things that's almost scary to think about because it's like you're hearing about stories about kids going places because somebody messes them and, you know, just crazy things happening in the world that we live in that, you know, our parents didn't have to struggle with. Um, I mean, Travis, could you speak to any of those, uh, when you consider the new technology that we have and how a parent has to be on point now?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, being in, in tune with them, you know, it's okay to know what's on their phone. And, and let's be honest, it's a lot of relationship. So you can you know, set a lot of rules. I'm, I'm not pretending like, hey, the answer is just get the right rules. It's all about relationship. But even within that, and to what Cassidy was saying, be predictable. Uh, be, be predictable in, in terms of how you're gonna, you know, monitor what's on their phones mm. or when you give them a phone or just be consistent. Yes. Set those expectations and then and then follow through with them. And, Cause that's gonna create a sense of safety um, because there are a lot of things that we don't understand. There yeah. are a lot of moments where honestly, let's just be honest, I wanna just say, get over it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, I don't understand it, I don't get mm-hmm. it. So I just, but. I think what we have to do is we have to try to see it through their eyes and just be consistent and be predictable.
1: That's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, this has been a great conversation. I mean, Cassie, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. And I just wanna ask, I mean, what are is there materials that you would suggest for parents is there certain something that might be able to help them if they're listening right now and they're like man this is good Mm -hmm. and man I wish I could get this in like a book format that might help me is there anything you would suggest
0: for sure yeah I recently have read um, it's called parenting teens in a confusing culture it's by Mark Gregston Um, it talks about um, same-sex relationships it talks about um, self-harming I know we didn't really get into the cutting but um you know just basically any issue that a teen struggles with ever is in that book so it's helpful for me in my practice but also um I know for parents as well just to kind of how to navigate anger and just all the emotions yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: I mean man when you think about it the emotions of a teen they run the whole gamut right mm-hmm. I mean there's it's hard to have a one you know this is the one solution
0: yeah and, and they're so extreme
1: yeah exactly yeah. Man, I'm just so glad that you came. We're very thankful uh, for you sharing your time with us. Thank you so
0: much for Uh, asking me to do this. Of course, of course.
1: Well, hey, I just want to say to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us uh, once again for another episode of Moment by Moment, a podcast by Oak Hills Church. We could not do what we do without the encouragement of you. Thank you for your shares. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for just encouraging us. And so, man, we are going to be back next Monday. All right, so make sure you stay tuned, and we'll see you next week.
0: Please like and review Moment by Moment wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to share this episode with your friends and family and be sure to join us next week as new episodes release every Monday.